This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now, the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta. take a moment and just stand and give reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Come on. Let's give God some glory. Come on. The hand service is good, but can we open up our mouths and just tell him how amazing he is, how faithful he is, how awesome he's been, how much of a mighty deliverer he is. Somebody's had a victory lately and you ought to thank God. Someone else felt like it was defeat, but you're still here, and God has been good to you. If it's you, and you know you're grateful today, would you just take a moment, about 30 seconds, and just open up your mouth and tell God, thank you for as many things as you can possibly think of for the next 30 seconds. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth. He's been better to you than you've been to him. Father, we honor you this morning, and we give you praise Lord for every mountain you've brought us over for every trial you've seen us through Lord for every blessing we shout hallelujah now Lord I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer in Jesus name amen I'm going to speak to you from um Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14, and if it is your custom to stand, then I invite you to stand for the reading and the reverence of the word of God. Amen. I'm ordained Baptist. I was, I, I pastor Excel Church worldwide, but I grew up in Morningstar Baptist Church, 1257 Blue Hill Ave, Mattapan, Massachusetts, 02126. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. <laughs> Amen. And so the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which is full of bones, caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live. Someone just shout, ye shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. 
Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds and breathe, uh, uh, O breath, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We're cut off for our parts. Therefore, prophesy and say unto them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and you shall put my spirit and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For the few moments that I have, I want to speak to you from the thought, a living conversation with a dead situation. A living conversation with a dead situation. Subtitle, a reunion in the valley. A reunion in the valley. Interesting thing about Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel's outline is that you see first Ezekiel's calling to the bones. Ezekiel's calling to the bones. And so Ezekiel is carried by the Spirit of God and drawn to a valley. He has a vision of a valley full of dry bones. These dry bones represent the nation, the nation which is now divided. It's divided. It used to be united, but in 930 B.C. there was a civil war. Civil war simply means infighting. It means fighting against yourself. And I would like to present to some and, and introduce to others the thought that the biggest enemy to the church is not the devil. No, it's not the devil. It's not fornication. It's not adultery. No, it's not murder. It's not malice. It's not even hate. The biggest enemy to the church is not the world. It's not the flesh. It's not the devil. The biggest enemy of the church is division. Division. The biggest enemy to your marriage is division. It's division. And so unity becomes of paramount importance because if you're divided, we've learned that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we have to find unity. Someone just shout unity. And so here we are. We see his calling to the bones. And he's called to bones. No one wants to be called to a pile of dry bones. Nobody, 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 not even Ezekiel. Ezekiel says, man, you're calling me to a pile of dead people, man. It's dry. There's no life. It's a desert. There's nothing happening. Why would you call me here, God? You could have called me anywhere. Why do I have to come here? And Ezekiel was a priest. And at his 30th year, 
the people are drawn away into captivity, and now Ezekiel has the arduous task of now becoming the prophet of God and declaring what thus says the Lord in a dark time. Not only that, he paid the price to be the prophet. He laid on his side for a year for the sins of Israel. And he ate food that was cooked over waste for the sins of the people. Meaning, whenever you take this sacred position, you must be willing to carry the burden of the people and know that it's God's will for you to wait, to hold the weight and shoulder the burden because God can trust you with it. So Ezekiel has a calling to bones. And then number two, um, verses uh, four through eight, Ezekiel's command to the bones, his command to the bones, and he had to speak to the bones. God tells him, speak to the bones, but they ain't going to respond. I ain't asked you that. I said, speak to them. The problem with us sometimes in a dead situation is we're waiting for the people to respond. But it's not about their response because we've also learned that one man plants, another man waters, and God provides the increase. You never don't sow because of what you think you might not reap. You just sow because God has called you to sow. And so here Ezekiel is with a command to the bones. God tells him, speak to the bones, prophesy to the dead bones. And so Ezekiel has the task of prophesying to the bones. And then there's his commitment to the bones. Oh, man, commitment to the bone. It's a tough thing to commit to something that's not committed to you. I mean, it's a hard thing to hug something that ain't hugging you back. It's hard to say good morning to an usher that can't ush. I'm talking to myself. It's hard to serve people who don't appreciate you. And it's hard to bless somebody that cannot stop by and come back to say thank you. My God. So there's the outline. There's the outline. Now let's look at how to identify a dead situation. How do we identify a dead situation? Ezekiel 37 and 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. You can identify a dead situation by low placement. Low placement. One of the things that trips me out about the devil is every time the devil wants to give you something, you got to go down to get to it. And so you can realize where a, per where a person is trying to take you by where they are already. And so there are some times where you got to be like Nehemiah and those who were working the wall. They said, I'm doing a very important work and I cannot come down. I just ain't got time to introduce, entertain that level of conversation. It's really beneath my level of calling. It's beneath my level of anointing. It's beneath the level of favor that's on my life. Now, I got a few people in here that got some folk trying to pull you down. If you don't mind, could you just stand up and sit back down and say, I'm not going down there no more. I'm, I'm staying on my level. I'm not going to let you bring me down. I can't trip off what you're doing. I can't control what you're doing. All I know is I'm going to give God the glory and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. Low placement. It's a tough thing when you got champagne taste on a beer budget. Low placement. When they're online capping, no, that ain't your house. No, that ain't your car, but you fronting for the ground. Yeah, yeah, low placement, low placement, low placement. Some people are so low, they need company. They figure if they can 
get you to entertain them, they can bring you down. There are some people plotting your downfall. There are others who are praying for your downfall. Can I help you just a little bit? Never argue with a fool because people will see you and not be able to tell who's the fool. And so you got to make sure that you don't get yourself too engaged with low placement. God's called us. We know uh, that he's called us, according to Exodus, to be the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. We know that we are the lender not the borrower. We know that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people called to proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We know this. We know we're, we've not yet attained that which we have been apprehended for, but one thing we do is we press, we strain toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ in Christ Jesus. We don't entertain low living. We don't entertain low conversation because we have too much favor on our lives. You are too favored to make yourself feel miserable because of what somebody said or did. And so Ezekiel finds himself in a place where there are bones in a low place in a valley. And God takes him and he takes him in a vision and he drops him right in the middle of the valley. To let them know, but for my grace, that be you. So don't look down your, 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 your self-righteous nose at them because the only reason you are not where they are is because I have been with you and I have covered you and I protected you from danger seen and unseen. It's not because of your education. It's not because of your eloquence. It's not your upward mobility. It's not your eloquence. It's because my hand is on your life and I am the, your light and your salvation that you don't have anyone to fear. I am the source of your strength. That's why you don't have to be afraid. And when the wicked, even your enemies and your foes came against you to eat up your flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Low placement. Number two, lifeless predicament. It was full of bones. He had me pass among them all around and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. They were dry. They weren't talking about nothing. They weren't doing nothing. Some folks major in nothingness. When you talk, you talk to them, I'm a little old school rap, they say it, nick it, nick it, nothing, nothing, nick it, nick, nothing, nothing. I see your lips moving, but you ain't saying nothing. It's the, I, I, I mean, I appreciate you as a person, but the conversation is just kind of dry. It's lacking something. What are we really, you ever find yourself in a conversation, and you, what, are we, what are we really talking about right now? What am I, do, what am I doing here? Why, why is there so much death? And in the interest of being true to the times, we are in a very, very unique time in history. We're in a pandemic generation. Last, yes, yeah, just yesterday, a man ran up in a supermarket and killed 10 innocent people who just wanted to go shopping. As if the threat of COVID weren't enough, we're already looking like we're getting ready to rob somebody. We got masks on, we're afraid of everything. We're even afraid to go to church. My God. And so 
our youth pastor, her aunt was murdered yesterday in Buffalo. And today she's got to come and worship the Lord with that all over her shoulders, all in her spirit. Give God the glory knowing that he causes all things to work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. But there are some situations that just are lifeless. You're looking at we're pastors, pastor, man of God, we're pastors. And I'm asking myself, when we get report that rappers now are gang members and killing dozens of people in the streets, we've got to do something. Because there's too much death around us for us to sit in our cushy, soft, warm, our nice, wonderfully air-conditioned sanctuaries and propagate a gospel that doesn't have deliverance for people who are outcasts. We got to do something about this. People are dying We're looking at family members. We don't know if they'll be here tomorrow. It is a lifeless situation. Lost our mother to COVID two years ago. And she was already in a home battling dementia. If that weren't enough, somebody brought COVID into the home. Took her completely out all by herself. Now, last week we got a report that dad has stage four lung cancer, never smoked a day of his life but he worked in a steel mill, got lung cancer, lifeless predicament, lifeless, lifeless, lifeless. Number three, it lacks purpose, lacks purpose. Then he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Let me tell you the the strength of Ezekiel. The strength of Ezekiel is in his wisdom to converse with God. God asked him, can these bones live? Ezekiel responds, if I could paraphrase, He said it a little bit better. He said, Lord, you know. But saying, Lord, you know, is really saying, I have absolutely no clue. Because I'm not, I don't, I'm not used to seeing dead things come to life. I'm used to allowing dead things to just die. I'm used to things on life support just flatlining. I'm used to broke people just staying broke. Divorced people just staying single. I'm not used to seeing people bounce back. So I'm not ready for the comeback. And so those are ways to identify a dead situation. Now let me share with you how to speak life to a dead situation. Here we are, here we are, here we are. We find ourselves rounding third base. And here it is, how to speak life to a dead situation. Number one is strategic conversation. Strategic conversation. See, first, God speaks to Ezekiel. Right? And he says, can these bones live? And then Ezekiel speaks back to God, Lord, you know. I don't know. And then God speaks back to Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, I command you go ahead and speak to the bones. And then Ezekiel goes and speaks to the bones. And then God speaks back to Ezekiel. And then Ezekiel speaks to the breath. Notice, next slide, that that God gets the first word with Ezekiel. And God gets the last word with Ezekiel. Oh, can I help somebody? So often we think prayer is predicated off our speech. We come to God with our prayer list, our petition list, our begging list, our wish list, our genie list. Oh, God, deliver me. Oh, God, help me. God, if that was us, we'd say, God, please deliver me from these bones. Can't tell them to kill them. They already dead. Probably dead because he asked them to kill them. 
The reality is prayer is not so much you talking to God as much as it is God talking to you. And when you know God talks to you, you'll just sit still for a little while and let God do the talking and let you do the listening. Remember, so listening, reap learning. You can't follow what you have not heard. How shall they hear except they have a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? God speaks to the prophet. The prophet listens and God tells him, go speak to the bones. Don't talk to me. We're done talking. You told me you don't know. I gave you the answer. Move on. It's a trip to me how many people can't keep life that simple. Take the instruction. Go apply it. It's over. We want to have the last word every single time. Some people just can't relinquish the right dig to give up the last word. They believe that because they're in a certain position, they get to have the last word. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Order God's order will always be established. And God will always have the last say, even if you think you get the last word. So sometimes we got to learn to give up the last word. I'm trying to help somebody. This is for a wife or a husband, somebody who struggles with this, a child. Maybe you've got a parent. I don't know whoever you are. Look at your neighbor and just tell them it's okay to give up the last word. You'd be like, okay, you win. They'd be like, okay, no. Don't tell me okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No problem. No, just let me say I'm sorry. I can't even get the last word in an apology. You're killing me. God gives him the la gets the last word, and then God, watch this, Ezekiel only speaks to God when asked a question from God, which means Ezekiel's prayer life was primarily silence. He's not speaking until he hears God speak. Ooh, I'm helping somebody. I'm getting warm now. See, see, too much speaking is happening in dry places without God speaking. Could it be that we're in a dry place because it's too much of us speaking and not enough him speaking through us? Could it be that God is trying to use us, but we just haven't practiced being used yet? Amen. Number two, substantive conversation. Number one, strategic conversation. Ezekiel learns how to hear from God, then he speaks to the bones. He's not tripping off the bones yet because it's all about him and God. Ezekiel is not caught up in the bones because he realizes the bones don't have power. That the power comes from God. It's a crazy thing when you start arguing with dry bones. You know what I learned, Pastor? I learned that when the dog howls at the moon, nobody pays attention. But when the moon howls back, everybody pays attention. <laughs> I've learned never give the enemy your microphone. Never give the enemy your platform. I've learned never have a conversation with things that cannot comprehend the level of conversation God's giving you. Speak to them. It's not necessarily a speak with, it's a speak to and they spoke. Now let's make it substantive. How do we make it substantive? He said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, you dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. Behold, I'm going to give, I'm going to make breath into you 
so that you may come to life. Thou will attach tenderness to you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you so that you may come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So the conversation is about what God is going to do to bring life to the situation. The conversation is not about what I'm going to do. The conversation is about what God is going to do. Oh, can I talk to a parent for a minute who's dealing with a child and the child's out of order and you feel like you got to tell the child everything they did wrong and bring up everything they've ever done wrong and tell them how the attitude's bad and all of that. What if we just decided to start prophesying to our children? And speaking to who God says they're about to be and where God's about to take them. What's missing in the body of Christ right now is prophetic voice. Seems like a preacher can't even get a word until they get the next current event on their radar. Seems like God can't speak until they get the next headline because everything we preach has to be so relevant. And God is saying, where is the prophetic voice? Who has a word from the Lord? Who can say what God is about to do? Who can speak truth to power and not back down and be compromised? Whose lifestyle is clean enough that if they do speak up, they won't have to run and hide like Elijah did from Jezebel. They can stand flat-footed and preach the gospel, the unadulterated gospel, and let them know, though he slayed me, yet will I be trusted. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ. The solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. We're building too much on our, on, our, on our financial status. We're building too much on our credit. We're building too much on becoming entrepreneurs and leaving our jobs and living online and working these things that we think are going to work for us. And we learn only what we do for Christ will last. I came to speak to somebody and let you know God is doing a work in your life. God's not going to leave you where you are. God's going to pick you up and carry you to where you need to be. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. I don't care how dead it gets. I don't care how many people don't like you. I don't care who scandalized you and ran off. You better know that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises against you you shall condemn somebody say nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor things past or present or any other created thing shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus I dare you to smile right now and say I'm smiling baby because I know that God is for me, and if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, I dare you to just say, I ain't tripping about much. I, I've been through some things, and I ain't tripping about much. I've, I've fought some battles. I ain't tripping about much. I wish I had some people in here that knew that God was your refuge and your strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle. Come on, somebody. Hey. Hey. I already know that God has a plan 
And so the conversation must be about what God's going to do. God is doing something new. Why do you think God would take us out of the sanctuary for years and then bring us back to do the same thing? He's trying to do something new, but our minds have got to be renewed so we can get out of our past and enter into a glorious future because God is looking for some people whose hearts are open enough to realize that the power structure or the power of the ministry is not in how many people you can control, it's in how many people you can empower. That means we got to come up out of the seats because you have a purpose. You have a purpose. You, 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 you have a purpose. Everybody in here has something God is working on. But if you're not careful, you'll sit down and go to work and come home and eat spaghetti. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll eat coffee. You'll drink coffee. Read the newspaper. Go to work. Come home and you'll eat fish sticks. You'll go home, go to work in the morning. You'll come home that night. You'll eat spaghetti. And the only thing in your life that changes is the meal at the end of the day. The devil is a liar. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You're living more than for a snack. You're living more than for a meal. You are the whole deal. Look at your neighbor and say, I got you. You got this thing. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I'm coming around home plate. And so lastly, we must have a spiritual conversation. It's got to be spiritual. It's okay to be prophetic. Most of the things I hear these days is more prophetic than it is prophetic. We got parking lot prophets. Bro, if he talked to you about me, did he talk to you about paying your bills on time? What, how about that? If he can talk to you about me, can he talk to you about just loving your wife? How you gonna prophesy to me and you ain't got your stuff together? I come in at a certain level, and when I come in at that level, there's a certain frequency. And if you get that frequency, I know what it sounds like. It's like a radio's got to be tuned into the right frequency to hear the right message. And we got to get on the God channel and get off all this mess that's out here. Because there ain't no power in the mess. The power is in God. So now he goes from prophesying to the bones. And when he prophesied to the bones, the bones came together. The skin came on the bones. It was a miracle, but guess what? There was still no life. It was a mannequin. It was just chilling like, okay, now what? And so he's like, God, what's up? I did what you told me to do. It didn't work. Well, it kind of worked. It halfway worked. You know, it's like the people who listen but don't do what you say do. Yeah, I got it. But do you really? I got it. Then I do that. Yes, you did that. The reality is God tells him now to speak the Ruach, the spirit. This is the same word used in Genesis where he breathes the Ruach, breath of life. Man becomes a living nefesh, meaning a living soul. And, and it comes from the breath of life. And let me parenthetically pause to say Adam and Eve were not humans like we are. They came directly from God. Oh, I'm trying to help you. Adam didn't have a belly button or none of that stuff. Adam didn't have a mama. Adam just had God. My Kearney Thomas voice. God! He had God. He had God. He had God. He, had God. he didn't live. Like, they weren't like us. The first two that came in their image killed each other. Cain killed Abel. They were born in their image. 
Now God says he's restoring his image. And what God needs is people to speak spirit. Spirit. He says, speak to the wind. Speak to the spirit and tell the four winds to come together. And what we're going to do is we're going to form this army. And this army is going to come together. So what does this have to do with the reunion? I'm glad you asked. Because there was a division in the house. There was a split in the church. And what happened with the split was that things were divided. But there came a time where God needed a prophetic man to stand flat-footed and say, what used to be divided is now about to come back together. Because God knows what he's doing. It don't have to be together for the same purpose, but it does come together for his purpose. That everything that was separated, everything that was broken, everything that was dead is now time, Pastor, for things to come back together. I wish I had some people who caught that. Some of it went over your head, but there was a time where Israel was united. Then they became the southern tribe of Judah, the northern tribe of Israel, and they were separated. And we had the haves in Israel, the have-nots in Judah. And then there was a time where God said, listen, haves and have-not are the same. Y'all are all idolatrous. Y'all are all liars. Y'all are all thieves. Y'all are all adulterers. Y'all are all outside of my will, and without me ain't none of y'all nothing. So God says, I'm bringing it all back together, and it will make sense before long, but your heart has to be right, and you must speak to the Spirit. Ah, I'm going to give somebody about 30 seconds to speak to the spirit in your own life and say, spirit of depression, you got to go. Spirit of life, come on in. Holy Spirit, come in like a flood. I'm on my way. You got 30 seconds. I dare you to just speak, speak, speak right now. Open up your mouth and speak. You're too anointed not to speak. You're too purposeful not to speak. Your life is too, too powerful not to speak. If you don't speak for God, the enemy will overthrow the very people that God is calling you to deliver. You are a deliverer. Mount Pleasant Church is a blessed church. God is raising up generous givers. God is raising up generals in this church. God is raising up loving people. Hallelujah. Long gone are the days of fighting over rules and regulations and bylaws and mess. God says, I'm throwing that stuff away. And I need people who can serve me and worship me in spirit and in truth. And you'll know it's the truth when it's representative of my spirit. God has called this church to be an ambassador in the city for Christ. And you cannot do that fighting yourself. Amen. All by myself. Somebody in here has got to learn how to speak up for what's right. Speak up for what God is doing. Speak up for what you know. Stop being intimidated because you think you ain't got no power. You've been here too long to sit back and watch the hell get the victory because we are in competition directly with hell. And we are here to put hell out of business. I declare right now, your sons and daughters will prophesy and dream dreams. Somebody, your son is coming out of prison this year in Jesus' name. I declare somebody's daughter is coming off drugs in the name of Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, ain't no competition. We ain't fighting. We ain't arguing. Look at your neighbor and say, come out with your hands up. Submit your way to the Lord. God has a plan. Amen. Amen. I wish I had a few people in here that know that God brought you from a dead place. If you knew where God brought me from, you'd be shouting just for me. When I signed 40 years on the dotted line in federal prison and God made me do six, that's where I learned how to preach. That's where I learned how to pray. That's where I learned how to lay hands and the sick recover. Because if I lay hands on you with this hand right here, There is nothing in your life that God cannot heal. Nothing in your life that God cannot fix. Nothing God can't deliver you from. And you cannot go too far for grace to reach you right where you are. Hallelujah. I want you to get some dead stuff on your radar right now. This is the last exercise. This is the last exercise. Get some dead stuff on your radar. Some stuff that you feel is hopeless. I'm talking about impossible hopeless. I'm talking about stuff that the paddles can't fix. Clear, boom, it ain't coming back. God, I tried it. It didn't work for me. I want you to get some dead stuff on your radar no matter who you are. Get something dead on your radar right now. Come on. Now I want you to speak life to it right now in the name of Jesus. Speak life to it in the name. I dare you to open up your mouth and speak life to it. Amen. You don't need an organ player, a guitar player, a keyboard player. You don't need a saxophonist or, 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 or a lead guitar player. All you need, speak to the Spirit. Speak now. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I wish I had some people who would prophesy over your own life. Speak to your own life. You got too much stuff laying dormant on the inside of you that's dying to get out, waiting to get out, pleading to get out. You can't take it to the grave with you. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to write the book now. Somebody needs to start the business now. Somebody needs to get involved in ministry today. It's a shame when people used, who used to serve so faithfully, now you can barely get them to make a phone call or show up to church. And we call ourselves committed to Christ. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. God is bringing to life dead things. And he's doing it through you. Through you. You have the power. Call those things that are not as though they already were. Who's going to do it? Who's going to step up? Who will take the charge? Who's going to speak life? I dare a husband to grab his wife by the hands right now and speak life to her right now in the name of Jesus. I dare you to look her right in the eyes and prophesy. Prophesy to him. Man of God. He's given you a, a ministry, a prophetic ministry, a prophetic voice. Don't settle for three points in a song. Don't settle for someone else's style. You are unique, man. Don't let them settle you into a hoop and all. Do what you do. Speak that prophetic word, man. You've been listening to the Mount On The Go podcast. If you've been enjoying the word, please consider donating to the Mount Pleasant ministry. We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org. 
You can give via Zelle, info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also give via Square and Giveify. For Giveify, just search for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church with our address, 17 Melvin Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be in the right place. In addition to all these options, you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church, whose address is again, 17 Melvin Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia. For questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org, to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.